Okay, hey everybody, it's Vince with Green Joe Coffee Truck. Welcome to podcast episode number two of Joe on the Go podcast. Um, I'm here with Sid Gobby of Slow River Coffee out of Boise, Idaho. And Sid's got some uh, pretty interesting story. We're going to dig into his journey in coffee trucking, how he got started in coffee trucking, and also take a look at his uh, electric coffee truck, uh, a coffee truck that does not run off generators. Uh, so we'll first start off with Sid. Uh, Sid, please, by all means, introduce yourself. Hey, thanks, Vince. Um, Sid Gobby, and uh, I've been uh, doing coffee full time for the last past ten years, uh, running a coffee truck, uh, a little over seven now, and uh, it's uh, an interesting life <laughs> yeah. right now. So uh, uh, yeah, so uh, we're uh, we love to. Uh, uh, help out uh, folks along the way and, and uh, you know, get, uh, get some lessons learned and, and uh, look forward to uh, learning some new lessons as well. So, so Sid, how did you get started in coffee? Um, well, it, in my previous life, I was a pastor okay. and uh, did that for almost 30 years. And so, got into coffee before I left the the uh, pastorate and uh, um, started up a, uh, a coffee house uh, shortly after that. Um, had a brick and mortar for a couple of years, learned uh, a whole lot of lessons uh, the hard way that way. <laughs> and um, while I was doing that, uh, got to know some of the early food truck uh, folks. Um, we were, this was in Indiana at the time and uh, got to know them. And we were looking at a lease coming up and what we we're going to do and decided that we would, um, a food truck was a, would be a great addition um, to the, uh, the storefront. And so we got the, uh, started that process. And as we were doing that, uh, trying to negotiate uh, a new lease and the, uh, the, the uh, property owners uh, thought more highly of the uh, the space than it was uh, was worth. Sure. And finally, we uh, we had the truck coming online, and we just decided, you know, uh, enough of this. Uh, we uh, uh, stopped the lease process and uh, said we're just going to go mobile. And we we did that, and really wouldn't look back. Uh, a lot of reasons why, uh, you know, a brick and mortar are good, you know, your volume, uh, possibilities, all those kind of things uh, are, are great. But for, for me personally, where I was in my life, you know, not having to have employees uh, to be able to shut down, take off for a couple of weeks at a time, it, it was exactly what I was looking for. So uh, um, that was, that's been a good move. So you started in Indiana first. Yeah. And, and you were originally a coffee truck, or excuse me, a coffee shop, a brick and mortar. Yeah. And then you had mentioned that you opened up a, a food truck. Was it, uh, did you have a, 
diverse menu? Or? Well, it was it was primarily coffee. Um, I did muffins and and um, waffles and other things like that. But then uh, when we moved, I grew up in Boise, Idaho, and uh, my family was here and had some family health issues and things. And we were at a point where we could move. By that time, we were mobile. We said, yeah, you know, we need to move back there. And when we got here, we dropped the food uh, options and really just focused on the coffee. Okay. So, so you took the truck that you had in Indiana and moved it to Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Did yeah. you have to go through a, a permitting process again? Oh yeah. Yes, definitely. So um, some states are easier than others. Um, yeah. Like in Indiana, you had to have a, a, a commissary. Yeah. In Idaho, you can be self-contained. You can act as your commissary. So okay. some of those things, the, the good part of it is when we built uh, the truck out uh, out of a company in uh, in the Chicago area, we we said, you know, hey, build it for the toughest uh, health regulations that we're going to see. Because yeah. we didn't know what it was going to be. Sure, and sure. Retrofitting something is always harder than it is to not need it. Yeah. And yeah, so, uh, you know, yeah. we... Well, it build it out, and so we got you know we got the full three base sink, and you know everything that goes with it um, that would make it legal, pretty much anywhere in the, in the country for what we were doing. Okay, gotcha. Now this is in Chicago. Uh, I had a, I recently had a client that had uh, a uh, uh, a coffee truck she was building in Chicago, and they they required inline generators. Did did your first truck have an inline generator? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so, so one that was just plugged to the gas tank, you didn't pull it off. There's no portability to it. It's just, you started. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So the way, the way it was built out initially, um, uh, we, we have a, um, a sprinter van. Okay. And so it's the, it's the extra tall, extra long, uh, okay. really it's got as much space in the truck as my uh, as the brick and mortar had behind the bar. Okay. In the yeah. area. Sure. Sure. Um, so th that was uh, we were running a 12k um, power tech uh, generator. 12k. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, everything uh, running a uh, uh, a two group uh, espresso machine, uh, two head uh, brewer refrigerator, uh, everything except for air conditioning. So okay. bother with air conditioning. Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah. And so, so they built it out in uh, Indiana and, and, and did you have it, when you first got a permit there, was there complications that you ran into with that permitting process? Not really. I mean, I think, um, I, you know, I'd done my homework. Okay. Um, and, uh, something I tell everybody, you know, that I talk to, whether it's coffee truck or food truck, um, or, you know, if it once, as soon as they start talk, uh, talking about wanting to do this, uh, the first thing I tell them is you need to know the regulations better than the people who are inspecting you do. Yeah. Uh, you, you need to memorize it. You need to know, you know, how much water you can carry, where you can dump it, um, because, the inspectors have a huge list of everything that they have to do. 
and you're just a little part of it. And, yeah. and they're going to make assumptions about what you do as a mobile unit that have nothing to do with regulations. And so you need to be able to say, hey, when they say, well, you can't do this, you know, your response needs to be, well, according to the regulations, this is how I understand it. Help me understand where you're coming from. And what I found is that when you know the rules better than they do, uh, um, you get your way. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Much, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, they, they, they know you've done your homework. Sure. Yeah. Research, research, research. Yep. So yeah. By the time you permitted in Indiana, you're already up to speed on the, the code and the regulation involved with that. The food truck manufacturer that built your truck out had built it to such a high regulation that you felt comfortable you would be able to go anywhere in the in the, the country. Yeah. And I've done, you know, I, I've um, we operated in Indiana for almost a year um, before we needed to move to Idaho. I've done things in Idaho. I've done things in um, Oregon um, and, you know, have never had any issues with um, health permits. So. Sure. Was there a county or a municipality that they had used as a guideline as the toughest to build out to? Um, you know, that's a good question. I'm not, uh, I never quite asked that, uh, that question to builders as we had those conversations. Sure, um, like a kind of highest but, common denominator type scenario. Yeah, they were building for a lot of, uh, a lot of trucks in the Chicago area. So, you know, my assumption was that that's probably what they were using as a, uh, as the guidelines. Chicago has a tough code. Chicago yeah. has a, yeah. I mean, I've read LA and Austin and both of those have Dade County as well. They, they all have some pretty thick codes, but I think of all the codes, it was Chicago that I felt was was the toughest. But to give them credit, um, they did allow for coffee carts. So yeah. so I yeah. have to, so I tip my hat to them on on that one. Is, you know, although yeah. LA County can be tough, um, they, they, I don't see many coffee carts out there and with Chicago, they did allow for coffee carts. So hats off to them. Yeah. Okay, so, so we're done with Indiana. We had some things that come up in our life and we said, okay, we, we got to go, we're going to go to Idaho. And so you get to Idaho and, and you visit state County. What was the permitting process like that? Well, there was, it was a matter of, um, setting up an appointment with the health department. Um, yeah getting it inspected because it was an existing uh, uh, unit. Um, you know, they didn't have to, re to sign off on plans um, as you would if you were building it out. Sure. Um, so that was the easy part. The hard part was actually um, getting all of the permits to, uh, to sell in the different localities. Um, in Indiana, you get a statewide business permit um, you get permitted by a county health department, you're good to go. Uh, you got your tax numbers, et cetera. Um, in Idaho, and I, I understand probably in, as in some other uh, states as well, uh, every, every municipality has their own uh, vendor's permit. Oh. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming out and I've, I've read the rules, but I didn't, you know, I'm not looking for Vendors permits didn't know anything about that, um, okay. so you know I get all my uh, my paperwork and I go into the to the uh, uh, 
to the city and say, okay, you know, I need my uh, uh, food and drink permit. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. You got this and that insurance, et cetera, help, et cetera. Um, well, okay. Now you need your help, your uh, vendor's permit. Oh, really? Um, so, uh, well, you know, that means you have to go through a background permit, um, fingerprinting, um, that's going to take 30, 30 days, wow. maybe do that. Wow. Um, and so you have to do that in every location in Idaho. So wow. had to decide, well, okay, where am I going to do the most business? Sure. The first sure. year, a number of permits that I have not, uh, not renewed because, yeah. you know, it just wasn't worth doing, you know, um, something in, uh, you know, in a little town, uh, 60 miles away, uh, that I was at one time. Sure. Sure. And then found out, well, okay, you can't get a one day permit. A temporary. Um, yeah. A temporary. So, okay. Right. So it was a matter of, okay, learning the, uh, the jargon, um, what hoops in where and, uh, and, and how to do it. Uh, just, you know, kind of an interest or, interesting story along the lines of knowing what the rules are. Uh, well, one of the cities uh, that I was wanting to do business in the first time um, went through all the process, turned in all the paperwork, and uh, nothing. Wasn't getting anything. And finally, uh, a month after I turned everything in, I went back to the city clerk and said, you know, where, where is this? Um, yeah. And they said, well, you know, it's in process. And so I said, well, according to code, um, you have to um, provide this and uh, uh, the permit within 30 days. It's 30 days. Where's my permit? Yeah. Oh, well, it's not, you know, it's in process. I said, well, okay. Um, would, uh, if I don't, uh, if I don't hear from you um, by five o'clock tonight, um, You'll hear from a lawyer tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Good uh, for you. At four thirty, I got all saying the permit was ready. <laughs> so, and, and and you know, and they said, well, we'll give you a temporary permit. Well, no, there's no there's no temporary permits. That's not allowed under their code. Um, so you know, it really is. It's a matter of do you know the code better than the people you're talking to? Good for you. And, and so, you know, yeah, I hate to play the, the bad guy or, 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 you know, potentially burn bridges, try to do it in a nice way, but, but still you got to know the rules. Sure. And when you know the rules, you know, they will play by the rules that are on the page. And, uh, and, and if you do too, everything will work. You know, it reminds me, it reminds me, I have a rule in business that you don't screw someone else over to get yourself ahead. It's, it's, it's one of my primary principles in business, but that yep. also means the reciprocal of it, that I'm not going to screw myself over as well. And so I think what you're doing there is, is just being assertive and standing up for, for your own rights to do business. And I, you know, hats off to you for that, sir. That's yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you don't have to do it. I think we all have, have a tendency to to, to take things personally. And when we do that, then we come across as making it personal for the other person. And, yeah. and it's not, you know, you try to just dial it back and say, you know, hey, I know you're not the one that is keeping this from happening. So
So, you know, I'm not upset with you. Yes. I'm upset with the process. Yes. Yes. Right? I understand so, you're just trying to do your job. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. However, I need to move forward with this process. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. So, so did you drive? Oh, go I'm ahead. So sorry. Now, I, I was going to say there are some people who you need to get them to take it personally, but those are the rarities. Well, that's interesting. So, so what do you mean by that? Well, um, you know, I think when it, it, you know, if you've got somebody who's holding things up that really has the power to make the decision, yeah, um, and and you need to call them on it, yeah, and you say this is not this isn't acceptable, um, and and you need to to communicate to them that they are the ones that are the issue at this point. Sure. Um, yeah. It's not the it's not the clerk at the desk that is just doing what they're told. It's the boss that is uh, undermining the things that you're trying to do. And, and sure. at times you just need to call them on it and say, look, you know, this is the way it is. And I know you're the one that's holding it up and I'm not going to put up with it. Who do yeah. I need to go over your head because you put the you put your foot down and it's not right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That reminds me of a time when I was in the military, I had an issue with uh, with someone that was over my rank. And it was kind of the same thing They they were holding up a set of paperwork based upon a personal agenda. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I wasn't able to get them to move that paperwork. And actually, what ended up happening is I had to get a congressional investigation to move it forward. I had to have my congresswoman uh, step in on that one. And uh, sure enough, the next day, I got a phone call from that guy. And he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you have to be careful, especially when you're working with government um, you know, people. Those are the last bridges you want to burn. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Yes. When I first started Green Joe Coffee Truck, I had burned one of those bridges pretty significantly, um, just out of just pure business ignorance. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And uh, uh, yeah. It, yeah, the gentleman was he was a, uh, a manager of, of the convention center in town that holds the majority of the convention center, uh, the oh, conventions. Yeah. And well, anyhow, he he had set me up to. Uh, he had set me up to to set my coffee truck up at the at the end of a race at the finish line, and I, I said, "Well, nobody wants to drink coffee at the end of a race. I need I need to be in the front." And he didn't want he didn't want to hear it at all. What what I ended up doing was going to the program to the event manager. So I jumped over his head, and ooh, that burned his bridge so bad. <laughs> I was not invited for years. It took us years to to rebuild that relate. We did. We eventually rebuilt the relationship slowly out of necessity. He would need a coffee truck and I would let bygones be bygones. And we slowly rebuilt the relationship back again. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some bridges are, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, you know, I burned that one a little bit too early. So, so you had this Sprinter van and did you drive this from Indiana to Idaho? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. What, what kind of Sprinter van is it? Um, it's Mercedes. Okay. Um, so it's a 2013, uh, Sprinter diesel, okay. the diesel yeah. one. Yep. Got no power, but you know, it'll go forever. How do you like the, the diesel, 
uh, Mercedes? Um, it's been a great, uh, a great truck. Okay. Uh, and it really any issues with it? Um, you know, I know talking to uh, some folks that uh, do heavy deliveries with them, they have issues with the transmission. But okay. you know, uh, I'm putting less than 10,000 miles a year on it. Uh, you know, I'm never going to get to that, you know, the 30, 30 or 40,000 miles a year that those guys are doing when they're sure. delivering. So now it, is this the four by four or is this just a, a two wheel? Yeah, this is just two wheel uh, or two wheel drive and, and, you know, it doesn't have the dualies in the back. It's not heavy duty. Um, it should probably, it could probably use a little extra springs in the back just because of the extra weight from the, uh, the water and stuff, but. Okay. Know. Okay. Now, do you have to be, uh, do you, do you have to be more cognitive on where you're putting the water in these vehicles? Um, well, just like in a trailer, I mean, you just kind of have to think about um, spreading the load. Yeah. You know, where, okay. Where's, how are you moving things out? Um, you know, you don't want one side so heavy that the other side is, uh, you know, putting too much pressure on the springs, that kind of stuff. It's, sure. it's the basic, basic things you'd worry about if you were doing a trailer. So you just kind of distribute the weight equally as, as much as you can within your workflow? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Sure. Um, how do you remember how many miles you bought the Mercedes with? Did you buy it new? It, we bought it new. You bought um, it new. Okay. Yeah. In, in part, um, you know, people will say, well, how, how can you, you know, how do you afford, um, you know, to start? Well, we had, you know, money that we could put into it, uh, equipment we could put into it, but also at the time, uh, Mercedes was running a special where you could roll over some of the build-out costs into the loan. Oh, and really? So, okay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we did that. And then, you know, then just paid it off early. Gotcha. Did you find that out through your research or how did you hear? Um, actually, actually, in just talking to uh, the Mercedes dealers, they said, hey, well, yeah, this is what, you know, we said, this is what we want to do. Um, and they said, well, because we were looking at both used and new at the time and they said, well, you know, Hey, you might as well go new, get all the warranty and everything, uh, yeah. the zero miles and, you know, here's the deal. So sure. we'll roll that into it. Um, you know, you, you got your down payment and that way, you know, we could extend what we needed and what we had a yeah. little bit further. Why, why Mercedes over, uh, say, Transit, the Ford, or, or Dodge? What, what led you to that decision? Um, well, the Mercedes, well, the, the Ford wasn't, they weren't making the Transit yet um, at that time. So you had either the Mercedes or the Dodge Sprinter. Uh, it was okay. really the only options for that size. And uh, Mercedes was running the, the financing deal. So it's like that, that was a no-brainer. Yeah, sure. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so you were, it was between two of them and you had a deal on one of them. And, yeah. Yeah, and the Mercedes diesel engines, second to none, right? These things are yeah. million and mile it, engines. Yeah, they're wonderful. And at, the, and at the time, the Dodge was basically a, the Mercedes with the, you know, with the Dodge logo on it. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Dodge was, Dodge was uh, just kind of white labeling the Mercedes. Yeah. Interesting. That's, I didn't know that. Okay. Understand at the time, at least. So I could okay. be wrong. That's the way okay. I remember. 
Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so based upon the truck that you had in Indiana and then the truck in Idaho, which is the same truck, yep. did you have to replace any equipment during that transition? No, no, no. we were able okay. to run the same things, um, same setup. Okay. So, so now you have an electric powered coffee truck and that's really unique. What led you to decide to go electric? Well, we looked at it when we initially started, um, when we were building out and just the, the, the technology at the time was just wasn't, wasn't there. Um, and so I, I you know, I, been checking it out or keeping my eyes out um, for things along the way um, and gotten some quotes over the years. And, you know, one quote was, uh, I think probably three or four years ago, um, somebody said, oh yeah, we can do that. You know, the batteries and, and solar to charge it, uh, that kind of thing. And, and I think at that point, the, the quote was for like $45,000. Um, and I thought that, well, okay, that's, that's not going to pay, <laughs> you know, no matter how, how much you want to, uh, to cut things down or to, uh, to do that. And that's not worth it. So, um, uh, about two years ago, I guess it was, yeah, now two years ago, um, I was, uh, on the street selling and a couple guys stopped, they were on their way to a music festival, um, carrying stuff back and forth. And uh, they stopped for some coffee. So I said, well, you know what you're doing, that kind of stuff. And uh, they were providing um, power banks for the, um, uh, the music festival for their, their cash machines. Oh, interesting, and, okay. Well, so, okay, well, cool. Um, and so I said, well, you know, we've, I've been wanting to, um, to go, uh, battery and solar for some time. And they said, we think we can help you out. And so that's, that's kind of how things started. And uh, so we started working with, their company is called Jewel Case, J-O-U-L-E. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a good play on word. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so they're a local company here in, uh, you know, in the Boise area. And they, um, they were working on battery technology and stackable batteries is basically what they do. So um, their power bank will go, um, you know, if you need, you know, X number of power, and then you find out later you need 2X. Well, all you have to do is you add another layer of battery. Okay. So they were, they were working really at the, the whole... Um, process of cutting out uh the small generator issues okay and yeah. you know those places where you needed um sound uh you know di you didn't need the generator running or it was inside kind of thing and so they've developed the technology and the resources and over oh, about a year year and a half we worked out what it was going to take to um, power everything I needed. You know, we ran tests. What kind of, how much were we pulling at max? How long were we going to need it? Um, and so then, um, it was last uh, August, I guess it was, we finally um, pulled the generator out and um, put the batteries in, the converter, 
then after that, we added the solar to it. So, um, you know, it's it's been a process, but uh, it's, it's been worth it. We're, the battery bank is um, will provide 23 kilowatt hours. Um, that's from fully charged to, you know, it coming down to, you know, not powering things. Uh, the solar power that I've got then, I've got seven uh, solar panels on top of the truck. Uh, that will, will give me several more hours uh, of work. And we really, uh, I designed it and said, you know, here's what I want. I want to be able to uh, go to a, um, you know, a lacrosse tournament uh, and start serving at eight o'clock in the morning. And I want power that's going to get me until four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And, and say, you know, hey, we're going to be pulling, uh, we're going to be pulling shots, we're going to be running blenders, uh, we got to run the refrigerator. And so we did the math. Well, they did the math. They understand all that a lot better than I did. Yeah. Um, I know just enough now to kind of know what works or what should work, but not necessarily how. Okay. So, um, uh, so yeah, so we pulled that and you know, right now I plug in uh, first thing in the morning when I'm uh, heating things up because that's the big draw um, for your uh, your power. Yeah. Plug into the the house power, the shore um, uh, shoreline. Okay. And uh, power it up for 20 minutes to heat everything up, and then I'm good to go. Um, for the month of February, I've only I started out full. And I, uh, a week and a half ago, I plugged in again to top things off. Uh, other than that, um, I'm going to pull probably 10 hours of electric time. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, 20 hours of electric time um, over the course of February just to, uh, to keep the batteries charged outside of the solar. Gotcha. So when you plug in, are you plugging in uh, to a 220 outlet that you have wired in your home? Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And so that goes into your panel. I assume you have an electric panel. Right. Yeah. That, that has some type of transfer switch and then, and then powers all the, and then it, do you have to manually go in and hit a switch to pull from the battery or does, when you unplug, does it automatically transfer over? Um, yeah, you you flip. There's a switch on the um, on the converter yeah, that you okay. stop over from um, powering the you know charging to uh, full battery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And gotcha. and we got a remote switch in the in the truck, so that's an easy one. You just unplug okay. it and you you flip it over. Sure. Sure. So is it running at 24 volts? The uh, the uh, the battery bank. Did they set it up? Um, it's running at forty eight volts. Wow. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah, it it it's running everything, um, full power. Yeah, I haven't had issues. Um, I've done. You know, been kind of an uh, an interesting year. We haven't sure. really put the test yet. Sure. Okay. Uh, you know, I've done um, several hundred drinks, probably 250 to 300 drinks on one day without okay. any without any sunshine, and um, you know, 
it's gone down the battery levels probably gone down half to uh, three quarters at the very most okay okay so is this something that you can plug in on the fly um what do you mean there like say for example it's a it's a cloudy day it's a busy cloudy day are you able to charge it off of a 110 um household electric like oh yeah okay good yeah good question um no it it um because of the converter the inverter size uh it has to be a 220. it does okay so, but you know i could um if i've got a let's say i uh, i'm gonna be uh let's say i'm doing a a music festival um a, a three-day music festival someplace sure um if I rent or borrow a um, uh, a Honda generator, yeah, you know I can I can uh, turn that on, run it, um, you know, on the off hours, it's going to sure. recharge things, turn it off, ready to go again. Sure, sure, sure. Wow, what a wonderful investment. Yeah, and it's I mean it's not cheap, but. Sure. Um, you know, I've been doing the, I had this, the PowerTech generator for seven years. Um, we were at, you know, we were in the, I think 12,000 hour range. Um, might've been a little bit more than that. We're really looking at having to replace that. Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, it's either a, a major rebuild or replace, um, at some point. So, you know, those are going to run twelve to $15,000. Wow. You, yeah, by the time you pull it out, by the time you put a new one in, shipping, um, all those kind of things. If you can do it under 10000 you've got connections that, you know, that you should be great, grateful for. <laughs> um, so, so that was, you know, that was in the back of our heads. You know, this is a, this is a finite, um, piece of equipment that's going to have to be replaced. Um, because we're doing the solar and battery technology, we'll have um, uh, tax implications. So we get, you know, money back or money off of, of, of that, our taxes because it's a solar uh, credit. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So, you know, it, it really, you know, the, the out-of-pocket cost is expensive. The total mm -hmm. cost when you really look at all of the the prices the, the things that go into it um you're talking about maybe a third more than what it would be to get a new generator sure sure um and that's gonna the the, the time you save um in changing the oil every month yeah. or more um the fuel you you you're paying um to run the generator and all yeah, it's not that uh, that big of a return before you're saying, "Hey, I've broken even." Sure. And you're starting out right now, um, and you're not thinking about battery uh, power. You know, it, it, you, I, I, I get the fact that you want to keep things cheap. Yeah. I'm, I'm going thing. I'm doing things already that I never would would have done with the generator. That because you know, I literally I can pull into um, you know, I can pull into the Ford dealer, into their shop, and, and and do coffee all morning, 
because I'm not I'm not running generator. There's there's no fumes that uh, you know that are keeping me from doing um, business. Sure. Sound sure. places that I'm doing business that you know people are having me come out to do things and you know and they're doing a presentation um, an outdoor presentation because of COVID um, and they don't want the generator running to to interrupt things. So you're it's, you're seeing dividends coming off of that already. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and, and people love the idea. They're saying, oh, you know, you're you're a you know as 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 green as you can go, you know, um, and they're they're giving us twice looks rather than just a once over. You know, yeah, it sets you up from the the competition in a way that is uh, that makes you unique. Good for you, absolutely. So when, okay, so when you started with the electric, what did you, did you, did you pay out of pocket or were you able to finance the, the electric installation and, and equipment? We paid out of pocket. We, we knew it was coming and, and because it took longer than what we had initially thought we did, you know, we set the money aside and, okay. uh, and we're able to do that out of pocket. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Did they have financing options? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I never asked that question. Sure. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big chunk from, from just kind of what I gathered between the lines. If, you know, if you have a 12 to 15 K generator and, and the, the solar is a third more than that, it's going to be sitting, you know, somewhere around 18 to 20 K which yeah. you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs just starting off is what they'll spend on their trailer total, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I can see, you know, after being in business for a few years, the incentive on switching over, or maybe if the person was just getting started and they can get that added into their funding, I can see how that would be a benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, kind of one of the things that I, um, that I believe and I try to encourage other people who I talk to about is, you know, think about when you're building, think about what your market is. Um, and one of the reasons why we went with Mercedes um, uh, Sprinter was because I knew my market was going to be um, receptive to a Mercedes Benz pulling up. They were going to look twice at that and say, oh, this is a class quality outfit, you know, whether you like it or not, that's the image. And, and so, you know, I really had to look at what was the image I wanted to present? Um, what was the market I was looking for? How was I going to build out the, uh, the truck in a way that was going to meet the needs um, that, I, that I thought were out there um, for coffee? And so, you know, we did some things that were more expensive you know, just like adding the, uh, the, the battery and solar now um, that other people might not do. I mean, if you're, if you're building out a horse trailer uh, and your goal is to do um, uh, weddings, you know, hey, that's going to be a different market than it is to, uh, to pull up at a corporate event um, that is expecting, you know, 30 gallons of coffee in, in two hours. So sure. completely different build out, completely different um, setup, 
and one is not going to do the other. Sure, sure. So, so that being said, if someone's looking on transitioning from kind of like, if they want to move out of their full-time job in, into a full-time coffee truck business, would, would you then set the highest common denominator as your market? Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I, you know, the first thing that I tell anybody who wants to start a food truck is how much money, how long can you afford not to get a paycheck? That's um, a good way to praise that. Yeah, sure. Because um, there, there's just so many variables that, um, you know, you can, you can start out small and, and people do that and, and, you know, pay cash for everything over, you know, three or four years and, and feel good about it. Um, you know, get into it for a couple of years and then quit their day job and say, I'm going full time with this. Other people, um, you know, like me say, hey, hey we're going to we're going to pull out all the stops that we can. Um, going to risk not making some money for a while for the long run and and go all in. Um, you know, it's just it, different levels of acceptance for risk. Sure, sure. When you first got started, did you have a supplemental source of income coming in? Um, yeah, my my, uh, my wife works full time, so you know she has income as well as um, insurance. Sure. So yeah, that's always been helpful uh, along the way. So it was, it was one of those. Okay, we're going to eat rice and beans for the next six months, and try to get this thing started. Yeah, thankfully we didn't quite go back to our twenties, but the, yeah, there were days. There were days, <laughs> definitely days where the credit card bill was uh, uh, was going up in the wrong direction instead of coming down. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I I I did the opposite. I started off. Um, I had a, I had a day job still, and I was moonlighting it. I was coming in at six yeah. and doing yeah. a six to ten shift. Um, five days a week and then eventually that six to ten shift um, just took over I was I was closing my door to a line and after you know doing that for a few weeks I said okay I think I'm going to make the jump yeah so yeah and, and you know it's the I love to see people who who um, are able to make that transition and um, you know and do it well the thing that always scares me is that I've seen too many people who who have jumped in before before they're ready. Um, I've been doing uh, this long enough. Um, about every year, there's a new coffee truck cart trailer um, that comes out, and you know, right now, out of the seven years that uh, that I've been doing that, there's there's nobody that's doing it full time. Okay. You know? Yeah. Started, they've jumped in, they, they, they make, tried to make it a go of it. And, you know, I, I bought a lot of equipment and, and supplies from people who are selling out. Sure. Um, because they just didn't do their homework. They weren't ready to, uh, you know, financially to do it. And, you know, it always, it, I'm sad when that happens because, you know, those dreams get crushed pretty hard. Yeah. I hate to see that. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think what you bring up is a really important, I, that's, we're on the same page with that one. It's like step number one is research, 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 you know, like know your cost of goods, know your build out costs, know what you, you know, know how much you need to make, to make a living, you know, that's, exactly. that's huge. Like how much, how much money do you need to make before you can eat? Um, yeah. I think that's, that's a key. And it's uh, often my advice to folks that are looking for coffee trucking as a side hustle. I say, well, you know, do you know what you currently cost? Because if, <laughs> you know, if, if you have a, you know, if, if, if you're looking on filling up the bucket and you got a hole in the bucket, you know, adding more water ain't going to fix that hole. Yeah. So the first step is always making sure that, that folks have, um, that their budgets are tight. You know, take a month, make sure you track everything for a month to see what you cost. And that way, you know, okay, this is how much I, I need to make in order to, to eat. Yeah, I think that's, that's key. I think that's really key. So, and, I, and, I, yeah. Yeah, for those who are just starting out or just thinking about it, you know, numbers are all over the place. I mean, you can think pretty much your cost of goods are going to be 20 to 30%, depending upon what you're, you're making, what your costs are in your area. Yeah. Um, your ancillary costs are going to be on top of that. I pretty much tell people it's going to cost you $100 a day to be out. That's mm -hmm. going to include your insurance, your advertising, your, um, your cost of goods, everything else you have to make a hundred dollars a day um just to break even and and so you know that you, you got to think about that number when you're starting and if that's not you know hundred dollars a day doesn't seem like much well that's you know 20 mochas yeah. well oh that's doable well yeah. mm -hmm. depends on the day depends yeah. upon the weather yeah. depends upon where you can park Depends yeah. upon a, a lot of variables um, before you can say, "Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can, I can not just twenty mochas. I can do fifty mochas." Yeah. Well, how much time do you have to serve? You know, what's your what's the coffee market? What's are you at a place where you know you're near a college campus and they're going to drink co coffee all day long, or are you in a you know in, in a business park where your coffee hours are uh, basically, you know, seven to eight and nine to 10, you know, you got, so then you got so many hours, how many people can you serve? You know, you're going to use a one, uh, one group, um, coffee, uh, espresso machine. How many can you do in an hour? Um, do you have to have other staff that's going to raise your prices? So all those kind of things you got to think about when you're, uh, when you're building out, when you're getting started, because it's not a one size fits all. Uh, it's not a show up, open the doors, and they're going to line up and say, "Oh, give me coffee," and I'm sure. going to give you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so speaking of which, so what does what does a typical day for uh, Slow River Coffee look like? Um. Well, a, a typical day is. Um, starts out around six o'clock, warming things up. Um, I'm on the road usually by uh, 6.30, set up uh, to serve 7, 7.15. Um, and if it's, if it's not a catering day, 
uh, I have a location that I'm usually set up uh, here in Boise down by the Capitol. Um, so I've been to the same, same corner for uh, six years. Okay. And, and so, you know, we show up, we're there from about seven o'clock until about 1030. Okay. And, uh, you know, so over that course of time, we've seen a lot of people come and go. Five days a week? Five days a week. Five yeah. days a week. Okay. Did you um, find that location originally? Was that your first location? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, okay. In part because of the rules and regulations for um, uh, for bending in our area. Yours, you, okay. Uh -huh. You can't in the downtown area. Kind of there's areas, et cetera. Um, you know, I've done other stops at other places, you know, later in the morning. But I've just kind of used that as a uh, as a home base, um, and you know, some days maybe it's raining. Well, some days mid COVID, we've got maybe a twenty percent of the uh, office people, staff that are are still there. Um, but so you know, the numbers aren't there. But I get uh, it's on a busy street. People are going both ways past me. And I get a lot of calls because, oh yeah, you know, I know you, you're down there, you're there, and and people say, oh hey, we want you to do this, uh, this catering. Do you still do that? Sure, yeah, sure. So that's yeah. fed into other opportunities as well. Exactly. Yeah, my my primary uh, income really comes from catering. Catering. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like uh, this past month. Uh, I think it's seven or eight different schools that have also done, you know, I show up there 715, uh, serve 30 to 50 uh, teachers and staff until um, nine o'clock and, uh, you know, then head back downtown and serve for another hour or so. 1030, I'm usually cleaning up uh, home by around 11 o'clock. And you know, then it's the business that the other other business that needs to happen, and and you know, it's it's not a not a forty hour or eighty hour um, job right now most yeah. weeks, um, which is exactly what I'm looking for. I, you yeah. know, I'm not I've done that sixty hour work for other people uh, job, and, and you know, thankfully I've done that, so I'm not I'm not overly worried about you know retirement savings and those kind of things that's already there sure so it's a you know what is best for my life and and uh, what works with the other things I want to do yeah sounds like you get a, a big piece of your time back yes yeah, yeah. that was and there yeah. there are definitely weeks uh, I do a couple things um where I'm I'm working 14 hour days, 16 hour days, and one event I do for set, you know, a full week. So, you know, I'm working 14 to 16 hours uh, for seven days and, you know, the paycheck comes with that. But, you know, I'm pretty much done after that. I don't want to work that hard. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you first started off at this location and kind of it sounds similar to your downtown district, maybe on the outside of your downtown district, did you see business right away? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, it was, 
it was it was slow going. I mean, okay. part, and part of the reality in, in at that time, you know, we're talking six and a half, seven years ago. Um, just the idea of food trucks was still pretty foreign. Okay. And, and no matter what what the truck looked like, how how clean and um, professional it looked, just getting people past the idea of you can get a quality cup of coffee out of a truck. Yeah. Um, like what you know? What are you talking about? Yeah, the Roach Coach syndrome, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, I, I've been around long enough uh, in town. People know me now. Um, you know, I'm kind of a fixture. Um, people, even people who, who don't stop on a regular basis, notice if I'm gone on vacation or something. And they say, well, I haven't seen the truck out for a while. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, so they, they know that the quality comes with it uh, now. And, and so, but yeah, uh, there were, there were a couple months there starting out where, um, you know, it's like, boy, did we make the wrong choice? What, so what led you to stay in that location as opposed to moving to a different location? Um, primarily because of the contacts I was beginning to build. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I knew, I knew where, I, I knew enough about the area and what was possible um that it, it was had the the highest um uh, population of office workers that was on a public street okay you know that wasn't in an office park um you know and we i looked at some of those and talked to a couple different people about you know could we do you know could we set up in your location and this and that and it you know there were you know headaches and and other things that we just ran into and it's like no we'll we will show up um we'll put in the time we've got a good product um i'm personable enough most days where you know get to know people call them by name uh remember their drinks um that i knew it we it was something we could build and okay. and so you know we we stuck it out and so, so you had researched this area already. You saw that there was a, a, a population density of kind of morning workers type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's right in the, it's just, uh, just out across from the state capitol. Um, there's the state workers are, are in office buildings all around it. Um, sure. You know, it's not necessarily high, uh, the highest income, um, you know, because they're public employees. But uh, but they're also very faithful. You know, um, they know when you're showing up that uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna come see you over and over again. And and that's what I found Wonderful. is yeah. um, you know you you show up at a, at a particular location, you build a clientele, and and you know they'll bring others. Yeah, just good business practices. You know that's really what it is. I mean, whether it, you're selling coffee or burgers or or insurance, I mean, it, it's about do you know your customers? Um, are you there to meet their needs? And when you screw up, will you fix it? Yeah. And you know, and and if if you do those things, you know, the bar is pretty low actually. People <laughs> will pay up a lot if you do those things. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> what 
All right. So uh, I had a couple more questions for you. Um, so do you have any influential business books, podcasts, resources that you would recommend? Um, I, I, I used to read a lot of business books, um, leadership books. Um, in fact, I have a, have a doctorate in uh, uh, leadership development um, in a different life. So, um, I, you know, I, there's not a lot that I've read recently that, I, you know, I'm not a current on, on some of the latest trends. So uh, don't do that. Um, I do listen to, uh, if people are familiar with Don, Donald Miller, um, he's got a business um, podcast, uh, Business Made Simple, that I really recommend. It's, um, you know, mostly, you know, probably for, our, uh, for folks that are running higher um, numbers than what most of us are doing, but it's some really just good basic business principles. You know, okay. things like how do you deal with, uh, you know, you, you bring in your own issues. How do you do, do marketing? Um, how do you deal with staff? Um, how many pockets do you have for your money? Where, where do you put that? So um, he, he's somebody that's fun to listen to. And, you know, I usually uh, uh, make sure I listen to, to his uh, podcast when I'm walking the dog. Um, so that's one I really recommend. Um, you know, I think the, the best thing that I would say for, for folks that are starting out is uh, to find a mentor, um, you know, find somebody who's been there before, maybe not even in your area, you know, helpful if they ha have some idea, but if they got some good business sense, um, you know, listen to them. Uh, the best business advice I got starting out uh, was uh, from an insurance agent who said, um, you know, as you're getting started, no, know two things and write down two numbers. He said, um, write down how much you would sell your business for. And the other, write down how much money you can lose. He said, write them down, write those numbers down and keep them. Put them someplace where you're going to look at them. And he says, whenever you hit either one of those numbers, your business is done. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, we were pretty close to that. How much number? How much money can you lose? Number for a, <laughs> a, a couple different times. Um, but but you know, having those numbers there, he said, if you don't do that, you've got a hobby. Huh. And okay. That really, you know, I, I've I've remembered that, and um, you know, I and I think it's good advice. Is you know, if you don't know how much money you will sell your business for it's not a business. Um, and if you don't know how much money you can afford to lose, it's not a business. They're, they're just hobbies. They're things to keep you entertained. And uh, so you need to act like a business. Sure. That's a really interesting way to put it. Like there's almost kind of extreme parameters almost that, okay, if you reach this point, then you know to, to, to call it a day. If you reach this point, then you know to, to call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. What a wonderful, what a wonderful piece of advice. Yeah. And, you know, it's not something you want to hear, especially when you already have spent more money and you lost more money than what you, uh, you ever wanted to. But, you know, at some point, you got to know when to pull the plug. 
Sure. And because if you don't know, somebody else is going to know for you. Yeah. And that is always more painful. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, okay. That is good. I wrote down the Donald Miller. I'll make sure to put that inside the uh, the notes of the podcast as well as on the YouTube page. We'll get that squared away. Now you offered to do a uh, tour of the truck. Yeah, if we if you would like to, we can uh, see if we can't take the technology we have here outside and uh, uh, show folks around. Uh, yeah. You want to do that now? Yeah, I think that would be wonderful. All right. Well, let's. Okay. Can you can you see things there? Is the is it yeah. too bright? I know. I can see things. I see the the uh, okay. the transit there. It's beautiful. Yep. So uh, yeah. So this is the uh, Slow River Coffee Van, and um, open things up. And so we're uh, we'll turn the lights on here too, so that we can see inside. Uh, here we are with uh, just inside the, the door of the truck. Uh, we've got a refrigerator here uh, on the one side of the espresso machine. Uh, I've got uh, your syrups, cups, lids on top of the refrigerator. Then next to that, we've got our uh, Wega uh, concept. Um, there again, uh, it is, uh, this is not a cheap espresso machine but it was also um, what we were looking for as far as the, uh, the look and the, uh, the power that we needed to do the, uh, the business. It's beautiful. And uh, then we've uh, just added uh, Malcon, Malconic uh, double uh, grinder. That was an upgrade this year um, just because we needed something a little more powerful and something that we could really do the job, uh, both uh, regular and uh, decaf. Is that on the that. one just to the left there? Yes. Ah, I see. And so, okay, you got a, it's a dual grinder. Dual grinder. Um, so space-wise, works great. Yeah. And um, and, and really uh, does a, a super job with the the grind. I mean, we were. Well, we'd, we'd use the other ones, um, you know, your basic grinder, um, but uh, having an on-demand fast grind works super um, with that. So that's been a good upgrade. Uh, then we were using a Blendtec uh, rapid rinser, uh, which uh, if you don't have one on your coffee trailer, would highly recommend something like that. It's, uh, it's a lifesaver as far as speed and uh, use-wise. To, uh, to make it uh, work between uh, doing your pitchers, both uh, hot and cold, uh, really works well. Um, so then, you know, your three-day sink, um, back here in the back, we've got a 40-gallon uh, fresh water tank and uh, a bun, a double brewer, and... Uh, grinder so that's kind of the the work of the of the insides of the machine uh or the of the van sure. and have everything we need kind of uh 
some storage here and there, um, have used the uh, 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 stainless steel um, shelves as, as storage, as you kind of see. What do you uh, think about those, Sid? Do you like them? Uh, yeah, they've, they've been great. Uh, just turn them upside down. You got a lip on them, uh, things stay in place. And, uh, you know, you clean them out the way they're supposed to be and, and they work well. That's great. What a great idea. So then uh, that's kind of the inside of, uh, of things. Now let's, uh, we'll take you back, back out in the sunshine and uh, show you what the setup is for the, uh, the batteries. All right, so I don't know, uh, Vince, you tell me whether or not uh, you can see things there. I'm... I can, yeah. It looks like you have a battery bank of maybe six running in series. Yep. We've got uh, six running in series. Um, this is then the uh, solar um, transformer. So it takes the solar here from, uh, from up on the roof and uh, into there and then into the batteries. And then we're using an Ames uh, inverter charger. So a 48 um, uh, volt inverter charger. And uh, that's, that's doing the work um, to get things powered from the battery to uh, the equipment. Yeah, that, that's a wonderful setup. So you just have the solar panel, which comes down to, uh, looks like that trickle charger, and that feeds the batteries, that then feeds the inverter, that then feeds the panel. Correct, yes. And, and yep. what are the two gray boxes there? Um, those are actually the, um, um, uh, the, uh, um, losing the word now, the, um, uh, the fuses, uh, basically, you know, from there to, uh, the batteries, to the inverter, uh, they yeah. go through the, the fuse so that if you're, uh, you know, needing to work on one or the other, you can break the, the, uh, the power chain and, uh, you know, it can kind of controls things back and forth so that, you know, you don't know. Electric, electric, electrocute yourself or uh, do any other damage that uh, you don't want to pay for later on. Sure. No, that's super smart. That makes sense. So it's a disconnect. Yeah. So uh, with with uh, with the the batteries there, are those gel batteries or hydrogen? Are they the wet cell? Um, you know they're the, they're well. I don't know enough of the, the jargon, um, but they are, uh, they're the, what the NICAD um, batteries. So uh, you can drain them all the way down. Um, oh, yes. Recharge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have so, to fill yeah. them with, uh, with distilled water? No, no. No, okay. Wow, what a wonderful setup. Yeah. So this this all feeds your electric panel. Yep. Okay. Do you just yep. do like a fifty amp electric panel? 
yeah so i don't know if you can see back here then there's the 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 panel yes um so it yeah it's a 50 amp uh okay. panel and uh then on the side of the truck we've got your shore power uh hookup yeah that that will uh charge um or override the the batteries if you're doing wanting to do that what a beautiful setup what a beautiful setup so you know i know it's not something that everybody can or wants to do um but you know i think part of the part of the reality is that if um you know we got to think about the future and and what we're going to do how we're we're setting ourselves up for it and um i think the more people figure out that you don't have to have a generator um to do things uh, you're going to get um you're going to get calls that uh others aren't so yeah that's just been my experience so sure. if you can set yourself apart in some way or another it's uh it's, it's a good thing Sure, sure, absolutely. And that definitely sets you apart. So, so any, any uh, words of advice to someone just coming in that they, they want to get started, they're not quite sure what, what to get started with or how to get going in this industry? Well, you know, I think the, the thing I learned the hardest, the lesson I learned the hardest way is that the the biggest thing you, you're going to have to overcome are the mistakes you make first um the the bad drinks you push put out because you don't quite know what you're doing um the 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 bridge you burn be, because you're not aware of how you're coming across to a potential client or a public official you know, those are the hurdles that can make or break you. Um, you know, it, it just people, people will give you a, a lot of grace um, if you work at it and you try your best, but bad product and bad, uh, bad personal skills are, are really hard to overcome. Um, and so if you don't have, if you don't at least have an awareness of what those are going to be or what how you come across uh it, it's it's going to be your tough road um and that's the hard the hard lesson um along the way and not everybody's cut out for it sure yeah a little bit of humility goes a long way doesn't it yeah and then that's really where it where it helps to uh to have some other people um that you can talk to um, one of the reasons why I love to work with other food trucks is because you, you can get that feedback, um, you know, get, you, you know, get a barbecue truck, um, that, uh, that will tell you, Hey, you know, um, somebody came and, and, uh, we were at the same place. Somebody came by, got a drink from you. And I saw them throw out the whole thing. You know, you don't want to hear that, but you need to hear it. Yeah. because you're probably not going to see it for yourself sure and uh you need to be able to say oh what am i doing wrong you know was uh you know did did i give out a product that that sh i should have pulled back and said hey you know you got another uh three minutes this didn't come out right let me make it for you again yeah yeah 
I think, man, I mean, that's so key. I think just that spreads so far beyond even business. You know, just having humility to to admit the mistakes that we make and, and try to improve ourselves on a daily basis. It's, yeah. uh, there's, yeah, there's a part of my morning meditation routine is to just remind myself that I'm here to learn. And that's, you know, and that's the thing we all need to. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've been doing this for a lot of years. A lot of it comes rote. Um, but I'm always learning something. I'm, I'm reading things. I'm listening to, to podcasts or I'm, uh, I'm, I'm checking out other people, um, what they're doing. There's always something more, um, you know, and it's not just about new equipment. Um, it's about how are you, you doing it right? Uh, you know, I'm still not satisfied with the way we're making our, uh, our blended drinks you know, and I've been doing it for a lot of years and, and a lot of people like them, they come back for them. Um, but, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm not real excited about them. I haven't tasted anything else that I like better, but I sure. know it can be better. And so sure. I'm still working at that. You know, what the, am I, am I getting the percentages right? Am I, you know, is the, the ice the right uh, hardness or does it need to be softer? You know, all those kind of things. You, you got to continue to think about them and, and work at them and, and say, okay, yeah, I, I can learn from this. I can do more. What a, what a great way to, to, what a great mentality to have. I really, I really admire that. I think that's a, a really good way to look at things in general. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe three out of five days out of the week. The other two days, I'm pretty, you know, pretty hard headed and. and <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if, if you can have more days like that than not. Then come, come Friday, uh, come Friday. <laughs> that's right. Try to hit, hit on the right days at least. <laughs> so, Mr. Sid, you do, uh, you mentioned that you, you do some consulting as well. Yeah, I do some consulting um, with, with people who are starting food trucks, you know, any kind of food truck, um, but also with, uh, with coffee shops and, and, um, and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, um, I've helped a couple of different coffee shops just sit down and talk about, well, you know, what are you doing? Um, how do you, uh, what could you do? You know, or uh, uh, what's your menu look like? Um, what, what are your processes kind of help people walk through that? Um, I've also helped different people set up um, um, coffee stations and done and that in a couple of different churches um, saying, hey, what kind of equipment do you need? What kind of equipment can I buy, get for you? Uh, you know, where, where do we look for that kind of stuff? Um, how do we train people to do, to, uh, to do coffee? So yeah, I've done a little bit of that uh, here and there. And so if people want to uh, um, give me a call or, or uh, an email, uh, I'd be glad to talk to them. Uh, I give an hour at a time for free um, just to hear, you know, what you're doing and, and uh, you know, if there are ways we can help you out. Um, but, you know, after that, then it costs money just to, you know, and, and that's something that, that I found over the years that, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, yeah. Great free advice. The free advice only goes so far. Sure. And uh, once you start pulling into, um you know, the details, the hard work, um, it, it's worth it. It was worth it for me. And I think it's worth it for others to really think about, you know, hey, do I, do I bring, bring a business coach on? Do I, um, 
do I pay somebody to uh, to help me work out the kinks? You know, the truth of the matter is, if you spend a hundred dollars early on to uh, uh, to speed up your workflow so that you can do 50 drinks an hour rather than 20 drinks an hour. Um, you paid for that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's it's, it's kind of like joining an, uh, a food truck association. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it costs you 100 or 200 bucks, but the leads, the relationships you're going to get on that, uh, you're going to make that back uh, multiple times. So, you know, you got to invest in those kind of things. Um, and that's, uh, you know, it's, it's part of doing business. It's part of the expense of doing business. And um, it, it, it will make a difference in, in, uh, in what you do, how you do it, and how successful you are. Yeah, absolutely. I still have a business mentor, still to this day. In fact, we just made another appointment for next week. I'm absolutely. I'm big. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of just not only that, but, you know, having someone outside your circle of you know, of that, that doesn't necessarily have their foot, you know, their a hand in your pie, um, I think is, is really good to kind of bounce ideas off of, um, to get some just straight shooting feedback on whether or not an idea has viability to it. Um, to me, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. So, you know, I, I'm right behind you on this one. I firmly believe in, in finding someone that's, um, that has a good head on their shoulders. And it, for me, my, my business coach isn't necessarily exactly in my um, particular arena, um, but yeah. it's just close enough that it translates well. So, yeah. 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 They have to know, if you, if, if you got somebody who knows an, enough about your business to be able to be conversant um, <clears throat> and then be able to ask the questions. Yeah. Um, why are you doing it that way? Yeah, you know, um, little things, you know, things that you take for granted. Well, that's the way I, you know, it's the way I always saw him do, do it. Well, do you have to continue to do it that way? You know, sure. Can you, uh, can you add the, the syrup to the milk before you steam it? Well, I've never done it that way. Well, why not? No, does it make a difference? Um, well, can it save you 20 seconds? um in in making your drink sure it might yeah so you know those are the kind of things that uh, someone who <clears throat> can help you see things that you're doing um make you more efficient um even ask some of the questions that you think are just no-brainers um but make you stop and look at it again and say oh well okay um you know maybe i can do that different or maybe i need to structure my pricing differently um you know, maybe I'm leaving money on the table. I'm not yeah. asking it. Sure. And I, you know, for most food trucks, uh, especially when you're starting out, you don't value your uh, your time. You 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 want to put something on the calendar because you want to make some money, um, rather than really thinking about how <clears throat> how much um, how much is my product and my um, how much value do I bring. Uh, to a an event or an outing, yeah. um, so you know I continue to raise my minimums because my time's important, and um, what I bring is something that is going to uh, add value to them, and you know, and I keep getting calls back. <laughs>
So it, it's not a matter of pricing myself out of the out of the arena. It's about <clears throat> saying, okay, what's what's the value? Yeah, yeah, and good things cost a little bit of money. That's fine. You know, I think all of us are willing to pay a little bit extra to have something that's going to be good quality. You know, uh, cheap, yeah. cheap, cheap isn't always the best. I think we've all come to slowly but surely learn that, and in some ways, I'm still learning that. Um, yeah, and wonderful. I, I will uh, I will put your email and um, your contact information in the description in the the uh, the links both with the podcast as well as the YouTube. So if someone wants to contact you, they can reach out to you directly. Mr. Seth, thank you so much for for taking the time to do this. I certainly I greatly appreciate it. You went into a tremendous amount of detail and um, provided a lot of resources for people out there that are still scratching their head. I think it's going to be a very useful very useful piece of, of uh, a podcast for folks out there. So thank you so much. It's been fun. Vince. I appreciate the, the opportunity and I've enjoyed uh, watching uh, on, on Facebook uh, the things you're doing and keep up the good work. <clears throat> I think that it's a, you know, it's a, it's a market that uh, is definitely not saturated, um, but it's uh, it's also, you know, it's a, it's a hard way to go. You, you, it's, it's not an, it's not paved with gold, um, but if you're willing to work at it and uh, do some hard things, uh, it, it's definitely a, a good way to, to make a living because, hey, who doesn't love to see the coffee guy or the coffee girl um, pull up um, and, and say, oh, thank God you're here. Um, <laughs> it, 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 you know, I didn't get that um, always uh, in my other life. And so it's a <laughs> response now. <laughs> wonderful well thank you again so much sir I, I certainly appreciate you coming on you bet and uh look forward to another opportunity down the line that sounds great sid you take care sir all right good to go. <laughs> best luck and and uh good luck with the uh with all the comes your way well thank you sir all right take care